0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest edition of the Game is About Glory's Summer Pod Specials. Tonight, we're going to dedicate this entire show to discussing the legend that is Danny Rose, who for several years was not just the best left-back at Tottenham Hotspur, but was the best left-back in European football. This is going to be a celebration of a powerhouse of a player. We're not going to duck some of the uh, more serious issues that Danny dealt with during his time, uh, such as racism and uh, later on mental health, but the majority of the pod tonight will be to review his career path and celebrate some of our favourite Danny Rose moments, and there have been a few. Uh, I'm going to say hello to awesome Gareth and Ram. Hello guys. Hello Chef. How's it going? Good Very good. And chaps, before we continue, let me just offer a few anchor facts regarding Danny. Born in July 1990 uh, and was 5 foot 8 inches tall, which is remarkable when you consider that he was one of the best headers of a back post ball uh, that I've ever seen in that position. Uh, he made 156 appearances for us and scored eight goals he got 29 caps for England and he played at all international levels so he was under 16 17 18 19 21 and full team which is really quite an achievement when you think about it he was in the 2016 and 2017 PFA team of the year we could go on but let's just get right to it and I'm going to go to Gareth first Gareth please go through his early career as a professional. And, you know, bring us through the loan spells he had in his early years with us because there were quite a few. I mean, it's not been a direct path for him to glory.
1: Sure, will do. Evening, Steph. He joined us on the 25th of July 2007. So that, just for context, that was the same summer that Martin Yole was the manager and we'd bought Darren Bent, Eunice Cabal and Gareth Bale. Now Rose joined us and it made the headlines on the Spurs website that day so I've just checked I found the historic website that's just that day and it said the club are delighted to announce the signing of midfielder Danny Rose from Leeds United so this was at a period where we were very good at signing very very good young promising players from, from other English clubs so you might remember not to much earlier we'd sign Dawson Andy Reid Tom called Aaron Lennon of course from Leeds as well so Danny Rose um, followed in some, in some fairly good footsteps he came in to play in our academy as a 17 year old and the first few years of his Spurs career he was out on loan so he joined Watford on loan in the 2008-09 season and funnily enough he made his debut for them in his, his full league debut at Doncaster and Doncaster is the um, the town he was born in he then came back and made his Spurs debut it was a cameo appearance in a league cup tie when Harry Redknapp was manager and um, that was in it he came on for Tom Huddleston as a second half sub in a 5-1 victory at Doncaster as well funnily enough um, he then went out on loan to Peterborough later that season but only played six games one of which was of course at Doncaster which meant that three of his first 15 appearances were against his hometown club he then came back to us for the second half of the 2009-10 season and um, his second appearance for the club was as a late substitute against Peterborough in the third round of the FA Cup and he won a penalty in that game and I can remember him coming on as a late sub and being a very bright and nippy winger one so he won the, won the penalty we won that won 4-0 and then played in a couple of cup ties but of course what he will be most fondly remembered for was um, his that goal against Arsenal which I know we'll come on to but what I think people will forget about that game is that he was a complete wild card, he'd been nowhere near the first team or the matchday squads until that time and Harry Redknapp brought him in and um, you might remember that was three days after we'd lost to Portsmouth in the FA Cup and we really had it all to do to try and qualify for the Champions League that felt like a certainty and he came in and played on the right side of midfield and for all his incredible attributes which I know we're going to talk about, his right foot certainly wasn't one of them but he played on the right side of midfield and I think he only had two touches of the ball in that whole first half because despite scoring that incredible goal he was substituted at half time having been fairly anonymous for the uh, for the remaining 44 and a half minutes of the game he then went out on loan again the following season going on loan to Bristol City that time for the first half of the season, suffered quite a bad injury, so didn't really play very much, and then came back and played the final four games of the season for us as a left-back. This was the first time that we had seen him as a left-back as opposed to a midfielder. 2011-12, he started in in a sort of smuttering of European ties and a few domestic cup ties, then started three successive Premier League games at the end of that season, which rather infamously included a game up at Aston Villa, which we needed to win uh, to get into, well, ultimately the top three actually that year, and unfortunately was sent off for a rather rash challenge um, on the halfway line, which, although I've looked at it again, it looked like it was probably a slip more than anything else. But that ruled him out for the rest of that season. The following year, he then got a low move to a Premier League club and that was at Sunderland where he was he's very very fondly remembered and perhaps ironically that was where he got a bad injury a few years later but he made 29 appearances in the Premier League for Sunderland that year and got the Player of the Year award from the Sunderland fans which then allowed him to come back so under AVB now the 2013-14 season he started as our first choice left back that year scored a very very good goal in, um, in Tbilisi in the Europa playoff game but then sadly got injured in a, in a Europa title against Tromzo, which I think was quite a bad toe injury and that then kept him out until December by which time Tim Sherwood was in charge of the team and to be fair to Sherwood he had probably been responsible for some of those loans that he had gotten we would say with hindsight maybe it was more luck than judgment but the loan periods he'd had had worked out really well for him and I think made him the player that he eventually became for us so under Sherwood he established himself as our first choice left back and became a regular under Tim Sherwood um, where he was awarded a new contract Uh, much to the surprise, I think, of some Spurs fans, which, again, I'm sure we'll come on to. And really the making of him came that summer when a certain um, Maurizio Pochettino took over and um, took him under his wing.
0: Thanks again, Gareth. Really intriguing stuff and a really good uh, reminder of the difficult path uh, that Danny took to becoming uh, the legend that we are now discussing. Ram, (laughs) you get to discuss the glory years of Danny's career and uh, his uh, relationship uh, with Maurizio Pochettino and all that happened between the pair of them. So bring it away thank you Steph that's quite
2: uh, an act to follow Gareth thank you for being so concise and clear um, and now I'm going to bring the whole thing down with my ramblings about Danny and Poch but uh, I'll see what I can do uh, we're from where Gareth left off so Danny did become uh, first choice uh, left back uh, and then when Poch came actually we we brought in Ben Davies as well as, uh, as competition for Danny and also you know uh, in case he was injured but um, it was this these years where Danny really kind of came into his own and, and potentially became one of the best, if not the best, left back in Europe. So he went on a bit of a scoring run, actually, in the 2014-15 season. He scored against uh, Chelsea in that famous 5-3 um, Premier League victory. Uh, I think he scored for us to go 2-1 up. Um, and then he scored again in the FA Cup third round replay against Burnley and then against West Ham. Uh, and then we got to the cup final that year, the League Cup final. And um Danny started in that. But unfortunately, we did lose to Chelsea then. Um, um, and then he scored uh, his final goal of the campaign in a victory over Hull City. Um, so he he kind of came on and, you know, he was really starting to come to his own, his performances. We were starting to see that Danny Rose, that really combative, really kind of, at times, vicious player, but well, within the rules. But, you know, it was the sort of thing that fans like to see. And, you know, considering that he'd had a bit of stick from the fans before Poch came in, he, were, he, really, he really was set up to become a star in that Poch system. And, and so much, so much credit has to go to Poch um, for the player that Danny's about to become in the next few seasons. Between him and Carl Walker on either flanks, uh, I would say we had arguably the two best full-backs in Europe, uh, or were to become at least. And I would say that arguably they were probably the most crucial part of that poch system because without those two we didn't look, we didn't look the same sort of team we had reliable backups but we just didn't look at the same team without them so we go into this 2016 uh, 17 and 2017 18 season so as Spurs fans will very well know, the the 16 uh, 17 season was the the Leicester season <laughs> and the 17 18 season was when uh, we got our biggest uh, our high, highest points tally but uh, still finished second to Chelsea but in in that time, Danny had a lot of milestones. He was named in, uh, as, as Steph said earlier, he was named twice in the PFA team of the year, uh, twice in a row. Um, he captained the team and he, he captained a team for the first time under Poch. Um, he captained us against Leicester in the FA Cup. Uh, and that really showed just how much Poch valued him. And uh, he became first choice England left back. Uh in that tenure and uh his relationship with Poch was one of uh was some was actually quite beautiful and um I know a lot a lot of players used to tease him and mention it in in interviews and stuff they called him uh the teacher's pet. Or Poch's son, and uh, I, can't, I think it was Andros Townsend in an interview said that. Um, oh, him and uh, Poch and Danny just used to go for these lovely strolls along the training ground, just you know, and just chat away. But you could tell that he was incredibly um, important to that system, and and he was he was really showing leadership qualities in that team. In terms of his performances, they were so consistent. He was tough. Um, he was he he was uh, the complete modern left back and you know he was attracting a lot of attention as well and in that 2016 17 season um he did get injured halfway through in january and um and that was such a shame because he was he was really really having a good season to the point that even only playing just over half a season he ended up in the PFA team team of the year and it was such a blow it was a blow to us it was definitely a blow for Danny and so he wouldn't he wouldn't actually come back for nine months uh, after that injury in that time he did do um, what is now an infamous interview with the Sun um, where he talked about what he felt his value was and his worth compared to other owners in the league and you know he he said he. he he did say that he was describing how other players in the squad felt and you know he made he made a couple of comments about the type of players that we we should be bringing into the club but in all of that caused a bit of controversy but he came out he apologized Poch accepted his apology he didn't condemn him and and you know we it went back to let's let's see what we're doing on the pitch so going into the 2018-19 season, once again, you know, Danny came back, and we it was the Danny Rose that we know and love, the um the consistent, tough, complete left back in modern football. Um, and we had that glorious run to the Champions League final, which uh you know, which Danny was uh to become an important part of. He had what some Spurs fans would say was one of the best performances of the night um against Ajax in the uh in the Champions League semis, and uh, which was something we'll touch on a bit, uh, touch on more later. Uh, and we got to the final against Liverpool, and even though it, it wasn't the best performance from us, it wasn't the best performance from anyone that day. To be fair, but he didn't—he did himself proud as one of our better performances in that uh, in that game. So we get to the 2019-20 season, um, and Danny wasn't included into the Tottenham squad for the International Champions Cup. Um, and I've got the quote here: the club stated that Danny Rose has been granted additional time off in order to explore prospective opportunities with other clubs. There was a couple of other players involved in that. I, th- I know, I know, uh, Gorgeous George and Cadu was one of them. But it came as a real surprise that Rose was included in that group of players because, even, and, and a, a lot of players, um, a lot of fans expressed their concern about this online you know they they were going why on earth are we getting are we allowing one of the best left Backs in Europe to leave and it was a very very strange occurrence and there was I'm not quite sure you know a personal conjecture whether whether Poch was in on that or not I know that they'd had their moments in in over their relationship but for from what I could always see Poch was a massive supporter of Danny so um so it was quite a strange thing to happen and I did wonder if there was anything else going on behind the scenes and so then he wasn't included in the squad. And of course, we know what happened then. Uh, I think it was in November, uh, Mauricio Pochettino was sacked and a certain Jose Mourinho came in to take over
0: the club. Yes, and the less said about the relationship between that gentleman and the mighty Danny Rose, the better. I can see our producer giggling uh, off Mike because he knows where this could go, but it won't. What I will do is I'll wind back to something you did mention there, Ram. Thanks very much indeed. I actually remember clearly being in Seattle on the preseason tour on Poch's like, arrival. And I remember uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson was there and then he wasn't because he was catching a plane and Ben Davies was coming the other way. And we were all scratching our heads and wondering what that meant for Danny Rose. And I think, you know, you pointing that moment out, which is another moment I'd forgotten about, illustrates just the immensity of the man's character after all the loan spells that he'd been through mm. and after Gareth pointing out that Tim Sherwood, you know, had finally given him the first team shirt, so to speak. And then suddenly this new manager comes in and th- throws down a pretty heavy gauntlet. I mean, when you're exchanging gilfie Sigurdsson for a left back, that's a that's a big statement and that's definitely as I would say in an unsophisticated way, that shit or get off the pot territory. And um, I think we can see that Danny most certainly buckled down to the task. And it brings me to awesome, actually, and what I want to, want awesome to bring us through, which is the enormous strength of character, giant-esque stature for a man of his height, and, and just overall leadership, despite, uh, you know, rarely skippering our side. And also with that, you know, he was a little bit of a shit house. I mean, you know, opposition fans. We would hear them like cursing him out, yeah. Uh, which was actually, actually, uh, it was good. It was nice to find that we had a player in our ranks that other people looked at and like, oh, that. <sighs> it was cool to have that, wasn't it? Awesome. I mean, it was kind of good. But talk, talk a little bit about the mighty
3: Danny Rose. I think you mentioned earlier, five foot eight, but the stature of a the stature of a much bigger man. He, he seemed to have one side of him which was extremely thick-skinned, extremely brave, never shirt to tackle, would never back down against any other player he'd come across in the league, played with great intensity and, yeah, was just for a few years definitely one of those players you could always rely on. And to be honest, even in even in recent years, I think he was probably our best footballer at left-back. And, yeah, he had all the attributes that you needed to get into that team of the year back-to-back. Um, In terms of shithousery, one story that gave me uh, a good bit of joy was we were playing Leicester in uh, 2019 and Vardy came on specially to take a penalty, took the ball off uh, Madison quite late on in the game. The cameras caught Rose basically in his ear saying something. We'll we'll probably never know what, (laughs) but Vardy subsequently missed it.
0: Yeah, I think also we should all take a vote at this point on uh the battle of the bridge uh do we all agree Danny Rose's uh you know was it was one of the leaders of the battle of the bridge and we will all never forget him for that are we in agreement all in favor say aye aye aye, aye. but you
3: know I'll, I'll add to that Steph I think that Rose played with the sort of intensity of the battle of the bridge with virtually every game but maybe this is why Poch loved him because Rose played like that virtually every game he didn't care about yeah. picking up a yellow he he will you can bully him
0: very well stated and also just i mean to round that that uh, what you said there off i mean it should be noted that other than the uh, the aforementioned sending off at Aston Villa for what i think you're right gareth probably was a slip in the end even though it looked reckless he was one of those players who was really able to ride the line uh, very well uh, which is good let's just spend a couple of minutes here on some of these key games, and and we'll keep it brief. Also, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, I can't remember if you're the person who originated the word "thunder bastard" uh, or if it was jo- or if it was uh, Moby. One of you did. So let's so let's talk about and and just just give me your emotional feedback to the thunder bastard moment that Danny Rose gave all of us on April 14th, 2010, against the Goons.
3: It's one of my top five North London derby goals, up there with um you know your Ben. Lee, Lamellas, Gascoigne, Kane. Picking ourselves up from a, an FA Cup semi-final loss against Portsmouth is no no mean feat. I'm guessing it was a weeknight game, due to the fact it was under the lights at White Hart Lane. You know, it was the old days of Wenger versus Redknapp. Sol Campbell was on the pitch for them as it whistled past him. We did win the game, which is also extremely important when it comes to a North London derby. Bale took the corner in the ninth minute, delivered it with good good whip, punched out it fell to rose Thunderbastards, one word for it but i i was looking for another word and i i landed on uh he hit it like a rapier missile because after he hit it left foot it stayed hit in a dead straight line didn't matter that there was a few people in the box or that the keeper was actually quite well positioned to save it it just went in absolutely jaw-dropping moment. And the repercussions of that goal, we qualified for the Champions League for the first time, partly because of that goal. We ended their title hopes because of that goal. It, it was a historical moment, I think.
0: Excellent, yes. And we all remember the keeper trying desperately to see it, let alone stop it. I don't think anybody was going to stop that there was an unstoppable moment uh and a, and a superb goal uh Gareth um just very briefly I should we touch on two Chelsea games should we touch on the 5-3 in 2015 and the 2-0 in in January 2017 should we touch on both of yeah
1: those? well it's the um the, the game on New Year's Day 2015 is well remembered the game we won 5-3 for I think for many of us looking back in hindsight that was the birth of the of the pot era Kane stole the headlines for two goals but Danny Rhodes was one of our scorers that day. And in fact, I just watched the watched the goal again. So it was just before half time and Chadley gets paid through one at 1v1, um, hits a shot that comes off the post. And then at, out of absolutely nowhere, if you watch the clip back again, and I, I encourage you to do it, there's just no sign of Danny Rhodes whatsoever until he pops up and sticks the rebound in the back of the net to put us 2-1 up just before half time. Um, you know, I was at that game. and remember thinking, you know, we were 2-1 at half time. Um, and then, of course, we then got a third one in stoppage time just before half time went on to win 5-3 win for that one. Um, the other game against Chelsea that you mentioned as well that was almost exactly two years to the day later in um, January 2017 about three weeks before he got that uh, that uh, injury up at Sunderland but that was the game we won 2-0 where it was probably you know from tactically that was probably an even more impressive victory against Chelsea but what was notable about that one is that when the analysts looked back at the positions that players took on the pitch Walker and Rose were the on average that the most advanced positions on the, on the whole pitch so That was really um, a validation of Pochettino's coaching and the way that he wanted to get full backs push really high up the pitch and he was of course such an integral part of that I've, I've just got to jump off piece as well partly because I neglected to mention it earlier in my warm-up but Danny Rose games we've talked about his shithousery as well but for me the biggest shithousery that he did was when he managed to out house Stoke Um, that was right at the end of the, that Tim Sherwood season where he managed to hit the Stoke fans were absolutely calling for, for blood because he'd scored in the first half of that game but then he um, he 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 was challenged by Ryan Shawcross who received a second yellow card and ever there is the king of shithousery it's Ryan Shawcross but Danny Rose he was um, he was booed so much by the Stoke fans there was such hostility you know added hostility bearing in mind this is Stoke that Tim Sherwood had to take him off because he didn't know what was going to happen after that one um, so yeah another, another really good memory for Danny Rose there.
0: Thanks very much Gareth and that's a really good interjection uh, to remind us uh, of, uh, of Danny Rose managing to wind up the entire Potteries region for the vast uh, majority of his career uh, well done on that Danny another another feather in your cap with us I can tell you oh oh and once again Ram's got the best Christmas cracker <laughs> gift come on come on just let's talk about this because it is actually my favourite Danny Rose moment I think of all time it's fleeting and some people are going to have to go back and look at it. And I'm trying to stop myself from saying it because this is yours to say. So jump in. Just just come on. Just take it off. Take what, the ball off my toes. Right. And run with
2: it. What I will say first about Danny Rose versus Ajax in the Champions League semifinal second leg in 2019 was if there was the epitome of Mauricio Pochettino on the pitch for that game, it was Danny Rose. I think he was close to being sent off about 37 times. He was absolutely (laughs) brilliant, (laughs) but he was just so good. And nothing was sweeter than that deaf little nutmeg on Delit. Oh. And then just passing it on, and we and Lucas Moura ended up scoring from that move. That was just kind of the that that was just something he deserved for that game. He deserved to be you know talked about in 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 the same kind of echelons of praise as as Lucas Moura uh, was. I have to come in and share
0: this moment with you because it's such a passionate moment for me. It's such a big thing. I mean, the sheer brass monkeys of the <laughs> men to we're we're chasing a game three nil down. I mean, with next to no hope. And he nutmegs a bloke like deep in his own half to start the move. I mean, I. It just tells you everything you need to know. And not only did he nutmeg him, he got it right.
2: He did. It was it was superb. And, uh, you know, when Poch talked about needing to have cojones and having big cojones, that was it. That is why he <sighs> was the epitome of Poch on the pitch. And then, you know, obviously everyone knows what happened. If you're a Spurs fan, you know what happened. It was a glorious end to the game. He was actually taken off by Poch because he, I think it was the 38th time he was about to get sent off, that Poch was like, look, enough's <laughs> enough. (laughs) I love you you're my son but I'm going to have to pull you off here and um, and uh, and I think he even even sort of gave him a bit of a like, a you know, like an almost like an I'm sorry as he was coming off, you know, for not keeping him on the pitch. But in the celebrations afterwards, um, I think, you know, he went down. There's so many moments Danny Danny Rose has gone down in folklore as a, as a Spurs player. But it was him uh, having a sip of Heineken. Uh, well, I say sip. He was <laughs> um, chugging a, a bottle of Heineken on the pitch, celebrating with the supporters and with, and with the other players. And it was just it was such a glorious moment. And it was a true, you know, it was a true Danny Rose moment because I think he's he's earned enough as a Spurs player in terms of moments for us to be able to give him uh, you know, a, a caption, which is a Danny Rose moment. It's an actual thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe actually we can uh, we can put this up on on, on our uh, Instagram account, this photo. Maybe we should drag it and repost it when the episode goes up because I think people should take a look at this photo. There are two other things to, to mention in it, which I've just noticed. Number one, on the left-hand side of this photo, you can see Ben Davis absolutely delighted with life. And so you've actually got the man who was brought in to challenge and, and potentially usurp Danny Rose, uh, who didn't, but he's still perfectly delighted to be part of everything and part of this, this magnificent squad. And the other thing that I think is great is Danny's got his iPhone tucked into his waistband there. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, again, if Danny, if you're listening to, to, our, to our humble pod, we'd love you to share a couple of the images you took. It would be really spectacular uh, because obviously you were taking plenty of photos because it's clear that this club... And and this night and everything has always meant a tremendous amount to you. And I am—he I,
2: was probably trolling Stoke fans on Twitter. <laughs>
0: but it's great and uh, and yeah and he's got his fist in the air and uh, it's it's such a great picture um i'm going to throw in briefly before we close this section um one of the things that he did for Poch a couple of times maybe 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 3 times but there's there's a couple that i remember he played in midfield he was deployed as an emergency central midfielder on a couple of occasions by Poch who said of these moves, he has the technical quality to play like a midfielder for a different circumstance after Victor Wanyama was out to have more consistency in the middle. And when he started to play there, it was good. I think something might be lost in my translation there, but I think he's generally saying that, you know, Victor was out, and so he'd got had to shove him in there. And you know, he, you know, he could pull it off. But he said he lost some balls because, he, well, he didn't lose. Danny's always had balls. He means he lost some balls on the pitch uh, because he was in a hurry to play and repeat in that area. It is different when you play on the side, meaning it's obviously from you know, it's different when you're a fullback. But again, potch rounded off by saying technically he's so good. But of course, we're back to the trusting son, and so on and so forth. And so it was against Madrid in 2018 uh, when we achieved a one-one away result that was absolutely vital in our progress. And uh, again against the Goons in 2019. And he was deployed in each of those games as an emergency midfielder. Um, And uh, I do have to to throw this in before we close off the games and so on. Against Arsenal (laughs) in the League Cup in 2018, where we won 2-0. Yeah, Arsenal players have been making a lot of noise on social media because they've beaten us 4-2 in the league a few weeks ago. And here's a classic post-match Danny Rose quote. Our only motivation was remembering the nonsense that Arsenal posted after the game a few weeks ago. That was our motivation. Players that have only played 10 games for Arsenal were getting ahead of themselves. We use that in a positive way. It's karma. They fully deserve what they got. They celebrate like they had won the league. We've put that result right, he said. We'll see where they are come the end of the season, and we'll see where we are. I can think of no better a quote to encapsulate Danny Rose, (laughs) his just relentless spirit, than that. There are a couple of uncomfortable topics that we need to discuss in context of Danny Rose. He suffered a lot of races during his career. He was notably on the receiving of an awful lot. And, I mean, he did at one point in 2019 speak of looking forward to his football career ending in, I think he said, five to six years because of racism which was just an incredibly sad quote and it didn't quite get the uh, the attention I thought it deserved at the time and when I look back and and at incidents that he endured I mean we go back to October 2012 you know rose was shown a red card during a 2013 UEFA under-21 championship game against Serbia. And he kicked the football into the crowd after the match had finished. Um, I, I presume, and I can't remember because I haven't seen, I didn't do a YouTube dig for this. I can only imagine he kicked it with a little bit of sort of force and gravitas because he'd been racially abused relentlessly by members of the crowd throughout the match. And, uh, you know, and after the match, um, while he was celebrating, you know, with, with his teammates, it, you know, mass brawl, erupted between the players and the coaching staff of both teams. You have to assume that racism is an ingredient in this concoction. I and mean, generally I think it just it's something that he suffered repeatedly. And I think we would all we've all seen examples of that. I think social media has not been kind to him either i don't think this is the first time it happened uh with england is that right Gareth?
1: yeah i mean it wasn't even that long ago england played a euro 2020 qualifiers so this must have been maybe 2018-19 um when rose himself was playing and other black england players were racially abused by supporters in the stands um it's one of those occasions when UEFA dealt with it in their very underwhelming way issuing a twenty thousand pound fine and Danny Rose was very outspoken about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, by the way, and uh, I'm going to go completely off-piste here, but I don't care. Uh, It's important to say the reason people take a knee in the way that they do for the national team is because of situations like this. And if there's anyone who thinks taking a knee is unacceptable, and if there's anyone who thinks taking a knee is a boo-worthy affair, I think they need to go and sort themselves out. I think they need to stop... Supporting England, I think they need to stop going to England games, and I think they need to understand exactly why it happens and I am absolutely sure that Danny Rose would support that statement a hundred percent he has never been shy to call out racism and prejudice uh, having been an unfortunate victim of it, so I think it's important to say that the other aspect. Of, of Danny Rose's career is he was one of the first players I can think of to repeatedly um, discuss mental health. I think several footballers have been very brave in doing so, but I think Danny Rose is the first that I remember to really openly discuss it on a fairly regular basis. I think when we look back at what might have opened this up in Danny and what might have made him perhaps more prone to uh, experiencing depression I think one of the catalysts possibly for bringing his depression to the fore might have been the injury in 2018. And uh, I know, Gareth, you were just reading something back in The Guardian from that time. And so maybe you'd share that with us.
1: Yes, yeah, so this was summer 2018 when he when he opened up and gave an interview and he spoke about you know a series of incidents that, that seriously affected his mental health, um, which were you know, three as well as the injury that he suffered his his, his uncle committed suicide his mum had been racially abused and there was a shooting of his brother inside the family home so I mean you can't even imagine can you the impact that that would have on on somebody and it was a time that where where he you know he admitted he just had to get away from from Tottenham
0: which I think was a phrase at the time that Lacked context, and so thus was misinterpreted. You know, I think he was basically saying that he had to get away from from the pressures of football for a little bit. But of course, without that context, people jump all over it like a trampoline and turn it into, "Oh, he wants to leave the club and go for somewhere bigger." And it was never about that. I think it's interesting. I, I read somewhere that, and it's a uh, uh, forgive me, I, I should be able to source this, and I am not, so I am going to give a quote that he gave, and I can't source it, so apologies for that. Um, but Uh, he noted a change in his own mood, having suffered that left knee injury in January 2017. And, And what he said about it was, I was getting very angry very easily. I didn't want to go into football. I didn't want to do my rehab. I was snapping when I got home. Friends were asking me to do things and I wouldn't want to go out. I would come home and go straight to bed. And it all stemmed from my injury in January of that year when I was advised I didn't need an operation. I don't know how many tablets I took to try and get fit, How many injections trying to get fit for Tottenham? And he goes on to sort of detail, uh, cortisone and platelet-rich plasma injections, trying to be fit on the advice of avoiding an operation.
2: Yeah, I just want to touch on that as well, Steph. I think that was uh, really that injury and the time he had off from that, I think definitely at Spurs was the point where uh, I think he started... um, well, he had that interview with the son and then after that I think he started opening up more about, about uh, his mental health and the issues that he was facing and I think having an injury like that and when you consider the level that he was playing at um, in that season before he got injured and then to have to recollect his thoughts recollect him, himself his physical self and um, and you know being stuck in your own thoughts like that when I, you know uh, for someone that is suffering maybe from depression or or other other um, various mental health issues to be stuck in your own thoughts not in a routine that makes you happy that makes you you know have, have self-worth that, that and anything like that it's really hard it is really hard and he had just come back as well if you remember before Potch came the, the fans you know we, we um a, a section of the fans were turning on him you know and kind of were, were really upset when he got um when he got his contract extension and he proved everyone wrong and then he got that injury and it's almost like Right. Handbrake on. We're going to have to go backwards and now we're going to have to start again. And that takes its toll on you, whether whether you're an elite sportsman, whether you're Dave down playing for the dog and duck. You know, it doesn't matter. Mental health is mental health and it affects everyone indiscriminately. So, you know, to show the courage, to show the intestinal fortitude that he did to come back from that and continues to come back from that. And be erudite, and be clear, and and be a real champion for mental health. For me, I think this is why, in my eyes, he's you know he deserves to be um, he deserves all the plaudits that we're giving him today, and all the plaudits I, I believe all Spurs fans should be giving him.
0: What is there to say other than you're one hundred percent correct? That yes, there's there's no more to add. But of course, I will find something to add. So <laughs> give it a minute. Uh, the bravery on the pitch, off the pitch has been immense and i also think it's fascinating when you think about how many thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of kids might have been hearing danny rose speak that weren't getting on social media and weren't you know coding him and weren't going on message boards and just talking rubbish that were actually reading it and thinking wow if it's happening to him okay all right maybe i'm not so strange Maybe it's something I can talk about with my friends. Maybe it's something I can deal with. The power of someone like Danny Rose having the courage to stand up and speak about these issues is incalculable. Because as we all know, the way that social media and, and, and modern media works is that it's the negative squeaky wheel that gets the most oil. And it's the negative squeaky wheel that you usually hear. You don't see the hundreds of thousands of positive responses. And so who knows how many people Danny Rose has helped by being honest and isn't it ironic that we cope footballers for being bland, yeah? And here we have someone who was completely and utterly open about everything, and he used to get stick. So, as you said, Ram, just uh, legendary for doing those things. And incidentally, um, I think I have managed to source those quotes. They're from the Guardian interview that Gareth talked about at the top of the section. <laughs> it's really great to be able to say that Danny Rose's uh, final period of time with us was tremendously positive even though nobody once again necessarily saw it or recognized it despite the quite frankly insulting gesture of not giving danny rose a squad place he ended up having a role with the academy i think it's really telling that number one none of us really knew anything about it because you know for all the stuff that people say about danny rose going and blabbing in the press One thing he never did was go on about the good things that he did do for the club. You know, he did it and he did it for the right reasons. When the relationship between Danny and the club came to an end earlier this summer, one of the first tributes to Danny came from the academy player, Elliot Thorpe, who uh, tweeted, It's sad that people will never know how much Danny did for all of us young players. The most professional and humble player I've ever met and a great guy I could go to for anything. Thank you, Danny. You'll be missed by all of us. And I'm also going to quote Academy coach Samuel Peter Cox, who tweeted the following. The side people don't see of Danny Rose. Despite no involvement with the first team this season and playing training with the under-23s, Dan has been nothing short of a role model for all of our young players, showing leadership, humility, and a great attitude throughout. Even despite coming to the end of his contract, he still turned up to watch our young academy players last night at the stadium and give them some priceless advice after the game. A top professional and a top human being who will be missed. Love my brother. And there have been similar comments from fans on Twitter who have met Danny, and he always seems to have made time for people. And finally, I would encourage anybody to go back into the club's official video uh records there was a video released on friday with an interview where danny talked through his time at the club and thanks to fans and i know for a fact uh that uh milo was uh said he actually got slightly teary when he watched it which is and i think i think it's fair to say that that we all would because there's just not players like this around very much and we should not take them for granted and so chaps Any final thoughts you want to offer on Danny Rose, the legend that is Danny as we bring this pod?
1: Yeah, I I think it's not, Common to have a player stay with a club in their professional career for fourteen years, as he done. So, I mean, let's just make a note of the fact: that fourteen years he spent as a first team professional at Tottenham Hotspur. Um, you will go back a long way to find, probably going back to sort of David Howells, Gary Mabb at times to find someone who served the club over such a long period. Um, and yes, it, it's it's really nice that despite the difficulties that he's had, and you know, he obviously could be a difficult character to manage at times, but he's been remembered so fondly, and there was nothing there was nothing false; it was something very, very authentic and genuine about that interview, both on his part and the affection that he had, but also the fact that the club were, you know, were happy for him to have that interview as well. And I think i remember the day that Mourinho was was sacked, uh, which was also, of course, the day of the ESL breaking out as well. And the training ground was just mobbed by journalists, wasn't it? And then suddenly Danny Rose jumped out the back of a white van and said, what are you lot doing here? Um, <laughs> so he had a real sense of humour about him as well. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's, and forget he's only 30 years old. It feels like he's been around for a long time i and- been now, undoubtedly, that, that crucial injury take, took a few years off him. But you know, there's a European Championship starting this week. And really, if he followed the trajectory he was on, he would still be England starting left back next week. So let's hope that he does have a, a good few years left of his playing career and they're fulfilling for him.
2: That was really beautifully put, Gareth. I, I mean, it echoes so much of what I think of Danny as well. I, and I think it all beautifully came together in that last interview on, on the uh, Spurs TV channel. You know, it felt like he had made peace with things the club had made peace to things it really sounds like the club would love him to come back in some capacity which i think is brilliant and i just want to do this for one last time danny danny rose <laughs> danny Excellent. danny rose
0: love it there Very good. Fantastic. Thanks very much, lads. This has been a lot of fun and I think also a fitting, uh, well, we say tribute. It is a tribute to him as a Tottenham Hotspur player, but as you quite rightly say, Gareth, let's hope that there's a little more to Danny Rose's story. And I think that we will all eagerly and keenly follow it and support him wherever he next uh, rocks up. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks, Steph. uh, Thanks. We'll be back throughout the summer with a series of specials along these lines. We'll try to put out an episode a week, but they may be on different days to the usual. Might come in clusters, you know, yes, control yourselves. I know that the idea is very exciting that you might get two in a week. Could happen. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. In the meantime, if you like what you hear, dig through our archives, which are getting greater by the week. And you'll find oral treasures to make your drives and dog walks thoroughly wonderful. I do need to rewrite that, don't I? Because uh, I say that every week. But it is true. I mean, it does make them better. Anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow. Say hello. And if you like the pod, please subscribe to it on your favourite pod platform. And leave a review because it really helps feed good lord. I didn't write this. I'll read it anyway. It really helps feed the algorithm and grow our audience. For ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we've entered the world of the algorithm. Anyway, (laughs) thank you very much. See you next week when hopefully I haven't grown an algorithm myself. But I mean, hang, hang on, lads. You know what we didn't cover was was Danny at the darts. Uh, Milo pull these pictures in. I don't know if you've got your notes. There's some. I guess. Do you remember, do you remember that time he went to the darts and he was writing all sorts of um, notes? Oh yeah, on, on that's hilarious. Tottenham's number twenty three. I presume he's giving uh, some props to to Christian Eriksen there, right? Yep, Moussa Dembélé, goat. <laughs> yeah, look at the expression on his face. he looks what a cheeky look yeah what a cheeky look and there's a bloke behind him looking at him like you're joking aren't you mate well, no, he's not, because he was a goat, right? That's yeah, right. And, has, and look, 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 Danny's media, social media savvy. He's written on this piece of paper, hashtag, in pen, co- co- C-O-Y-S, triple exclamation mark. I like that. Very savvy. So, you know. And then there's what? There's this, Harry Kane learned it all from me. Thank me later. <laughs> well done. And a smiley face. And uh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't dispute that Harry Kane did learn an awful lot from Danny Rose.